I don't know how true this is, but I just found out that birth control alters your taste in men. That's if you're het or bi. Apparently, if you're in a relationship and want to protect yourself from unwanted pregnancy, you probably turn to birth control pills, yeah? You may find that your partner isn't as attractive as he once was. Kind of weird, you know? Apparently, there's a scientific explanation for this. Birth control pills are hormonal, so it's expected that there might be some side effects. And one unwanted effect of birth control is that it may alter your perception of what kind of partner you want. That's so weird. I'm going to need someone to confirm this. readers welcome to the something bookish podcast my name is amin aka the crazy book lady you might also know me as lip gloss mafia one day i'm going to tell you the story of actually how i got that name lip gloss mafia one day one day anywho on this podcast i talk about all things books and reading from book lists to reviews musings tips and tricks and the occasional guest chats The unique selling point of this podcast is I'm almost always going to be under the influence of something, hence something bookish. (laughs) So think of this space as a lounge, but for bookish people who don't like to take themselves too seriously, okay? None of that intellectual blah, blah, blah type of stuff. This is just chill. We're chill and we're chilling. Now, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome to the dark side. And if this is not your first time, hey, how you doing? This is the 38th episode. I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of myself. This is the 38th episode. 3-8. I have been doing this for 38 times. Mm. <laughs> I've been doing it. Okay, that, that, that came out wrong. This is the 38th time. I'm dropping an episode and I'm so proud of myself because it's not easy because there are times you actually want to drop something. You want to create something and put it out, but the spirit is not there. And moving forward now, I'm trying to push myself to not rely on only I'll do it when I feel like it because sometimes life don't work that way. You just got to push yourself to do it, you know? Kind of like how you want to impress your crush. And, um, well, I, I feel like this is what it would be for a guy. Like, if you want to impress your crush. And by impress, I mean, like, the sexual the sexual type of impressing. So, you have this person that you really like so much and they're going to have sex the first time. So, what you have to do is masturbate so that when it's time to actually get it on with that person you want to impress, you know, you can take your time and not let, like, butterflies mess you up. I don't even know if that metaphor even made sense to the point I was trying to make. (laughs) Sorry. If you can make sense of it, fine. If you can't, we'll just keep moving, okay? Now, on this episode, I'll be reviewing two books that are kind of like siblings. They kind of have the same vibe. And by vibe, I mean they have messy characters and the writing is just... Hmm, we're going to get into it in just a little bit. So I'll be reviewing Wahala by Nikki May 
and Bridges Are for Burning by Bina Idonije. I hope I pronounced that name. By the way, fun fact, I saw on the publisher's page, the publishers of um, Bridges Are for Burning, that's Masobe Books, and they said the first title for Bridges Are for Burning was Truthful Lies. And it kind of doesn't... I, I'm, I'm happy they changed the title because Truthful Lies is just so... <sighs> Anywho, we'll go into that. First of all, let's do a little housekeeping. You know, I like to do my housekeeping. <laughs> Alright. This episode is sponsored by... No one! It's still sponsored by nobody. It's sponsored by my blood and my tears. Okay? So, this is just a reminder to let you know that this particular spot is for ads if there's anything you would like to talk about if there's a book you'd like to push um if you have a business you'd like to push just let me know i will share my rates they're pretty let me use what hiring managers always say it's very competitive my rates are very competitive (laughs) so yeah hook me up okay I need, I need all the moolah that I can find in this life because I'm just trying to chill and apparently chilling costs a lot. So yeah, let me know if there's anything you would like to advertise. You can just send me a message, a DM, all my details are everywhere. My email, my DM, you can, in fact, Google me, Google, Google me. Okay. Next up, have you subscribed to the newsletter? I mean the something bookish newsletter. I do have a newsletter. And in those letters, I sometimes have moments of wisdom that need to be shared. And I think you would benefit from subscribing to the newsletter. If you've subscribed to the newsletter, pass it on. Okay? Like hook a friend up or an enemy so that they can stop becoming your enemy. And we'll have more good people in the world. So this is me doing my service to humanity. Subscribe to my newsletter, (laughs) y'all. I don't know what's funny. Nothing is funny. (laughs) Oh, I forgot to tell you what I'm drinking. I'm I'm having Merlot. Today it's very basic. And that's because I'm I'm on some type of diet. (sighs) Yeah, you'll be thinking that, I mean, what are you dieting? You know, you're... There's nothing there. What I well, the thing is, I am, I'm doing it in solidarity with my friends. They want to lose some weight. They want to get healthier. So we are on this intermittent fasting type thing. I share that in the newsletter. So if you subscribe, you actually see the full list of what I'm eating and what I'm not eating. And there's no alcohol on that list. So I just figured, if I'm going to be recording the podcast, I have to take alcohol. But I can't take something to, you know, it's not Sunday. On Sunday, I can have beer. So today I'm having Merlot because, you know, they say red wine is good for the heart. So that's what we're doing. We're keeping it healthy. I'm having just like two, three or four. I'm on, I'm on like almost a third cup of Merlot. But, you know, moderation in all things. I would drink some hibiscus tea and wash it out later. So it will confuse the system. Like, oh my God, are we being healthy? Are we not being healthy? Are we being healthy? (laughs) Okay, back to the housekeeping. Are you participating in the Something Bookish Reading Challenge? If you are, where have you reached? Have you done all 24 prompts? 
Me, I have done 17 out of 24. And so far, it's not bad. It's not bad. I'm almost, I'm well, almost done. But I'm trying to not to rush myself because I want to enjoy it till the end of the year. That's my plan. Sometimes it's good to like finish it on time so you don't feel like you have tasks. But it doesn't feel like tasks to me. I like the way I'm saying that. Ta- tasks. 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 <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. Um, so yeah. They don't feel like tasks to me. And I'm just enjoying the process and discovering new books. I'm particularly looking for books on polygamy for some reason. All the ones that um, I'm seeing, I've already read. So I need to find something more interesting. I'm going to share share that on Something Bookish Instagram page eventually when I find some really inspiring titles. So yeah, um, if you are, are, are you in my book club? I don't know if you're in my book club. My book club is the Indulgent Bibliophile. And this month we're reading Men Don't Cry by Faiza Gwene. The book is translated from French by Sarah Ardizone. I hope I said that name well. But that's what we're reading uh, this month, this June. And we'll be discussing it at the end of the month, last Sunday of the month. That's when we'll be discussing it on Zoom. It will be shared on the YouTube page. Yes, we do have a YouTube page. The YouTube page is just a meme. <laughs> it's, it's my YouTube page. And I share our book chats there in case you would like to catch up whenever you listen to this episode. So, yeah. That's it for the housekeeping. I don't think I have any other new thing to report. Let's talk books, shall we? So I had heard the gist about these two books. And when I see that type of energy, I always want to know what the fuss is all about. Because it's it's very... Um, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. I'm just always curious. When people have such polarized opinions about books, I prefer to go into it and be like, hmm, okay, I guess, I guess I, I see where they're coming from or, eh, I mean, maybe they're just proje- projecting that type of stuff. But I was very excited to read these two books All I, I, and I went into them without, uh, how would I put it? I went into them without knowing the full synopsis of the books and even though i knew what people were saying about it i didn't like clog my head with reviews i maybe skimmed reviews or something but yeah i wanted to go into it properly you know fresh sorta anywho let me read the synopsis for you and we will just take it from there because it's going to be a bit tough doing the two book reviews I don't do it side by side, but we're going to have to try to do it side by side. All right. So the first synopsis, which is Wahala by Nikki May. Ronke, Simi, Boo are three mixed race... <laughs> Ronke, Simi and Boo are three mixed race friends living in London. They have the gift of two cultures, Nigerian and English. Not all of them choose to see it that way. Everyday racism has never held them back. But now in their 30s, they question their future. Ronke wants a husband. He must be Nigerian. Boo enjoys no, endures stay-at-home motherhood. While Simi, full of fashion career dreams, 
rolls her eyes at rolls her eyes as her boss refers to her. No. While Simi, full of fashion career dreams, rolls her eyes as her boss refers to her urban vibe yet again. While Isabel, a lethally glamorous friend from their past, arrives in town and she's determined to fix their futures for them. Cracks in their friendship begin to appear and it is soon obvious Isabel is not certain but wrecking. When she's driven to a terrible act, the women are forced to reckon with a crime in their past that may have repeated itself. How, how, how did that sound to you? Did I even read it well? I think I read it well. But yeah, that's that's the synopsis of Wahala. Sounds interesting, yeah? Okay, let me read the synopsis for Bridges Are For Burning. On the eve of Valentine's Day, Ogogo, Dempster, aka Gigi, wore her hat on her sleeve. At almost 31, she was single and ready to mingle after nearly two years of relegating her love life to the curb in favor of growing a fledgling social media company. Her beautiful best friend, Alana, was newly pregnant for the love of her life, Benjamin Halal, and her sister, Ifemina, a.k.a. Fifi, was married to wealthy aristocrat, Lotana Dike. But on that February 13th night, Gigi wasn't looking for what her best friend and sister had, not love or marriage, but a temporary connection and intimacy. How could she have known that that night would dramatically alter the life of her life? Huh. <sighs> So yeah, that's, I hope I read this synopsis well and it's making sense to you as you're listening. <laughs> if not, go and read it on your own. But yeah, let's, let's get into it. I had to create a table so that I won't forget what I'm saying or, oh God, the writing is so tiny. Why did I do this? All right. So I broke it down into plot, themes, character development, writing style. And then things that turned me off. I'll start with the plot. All right. <clears throat> For Wahala, I mean, there are many things that turned me off, but it has a very engaging plot. I have, I, I had to admit, the plot was quite engaging. There are, ma- oh my God, there are so many things that pissed me off. But I was able to keep going and just push through all the nonsense I was seeing. Because the plot was engaging. It wasn't bad. It actually wasn't bad at all. It's a, it's a decent plot. It's not anything that would make you roll your eyes. But, And I feel like if these characters were not half Nigerian. And there was no Nigerian or... um, What would I call it? Uh, if they were just black British people. And there wasn't heavy... um heavy what's that word ah heavy if there were no heavy references to them being nigerian i think the book would not have been bad because yeah they were messy characters and they are not the most like well-developed characters but they were still memorable ish kind (laughs) of the plot wasn't bad okay it wasn't as bad as i as i thought it's just something entirely something else entirely that made me not like the book now for bridges are for burning i did not like the plot at all okay i i don't i don't know if the writer achieved what they set out to do but they seem happy with the book so maybe they feel like they achieved it but as a reader haven't read the synopsis 
I don't think the writers achieved what they set out to do with this book. And if they feel like they did, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because I, I, I didn't, I didn't like the plot. The plot was, it was okay. On the cover of the book, they say three women, three secrets, three lies. So you, you would think that there's something tying all three together. But the only thing, thing is, two are best friends. Another two are sisters. And then the big secret, two have secrets. That's the ones that are sisters. They both have their own individual secrets. Then in between the ones that are best friends, only one has a secret. So I don't know why they said three secrets because I didn't see the third secret of the third person. It just, maybe that's just a marketing gimmick that just went wrong. But yeah, it, I, I didn't, I didn't like the plot, the way it was going, the arrangement, the plot wasn't plotting. Okay. I don't want to. For anybody who has not read the book, I don't want... I'm trying to make this as spoiler-free as possible and just share my own opinion. Yeah? Alright. So, now we will move to themes. Both books have similar themes. They both have friendship and betrayal. In Wahala, there's also colorism and fat phobia. Oh my god, the casual fat phobia in this book. And I get it, Okay? It's the it's not the author's job to like teach us things or it's just it's how it is. I know there are friendship groups where people um make fun of their friends' weights like to their face. I mean they are they are best friends, but they are not the best of friends. <laughs> Does that make sense? I'm talking about Wahala right now. Those three women, Ronke, Boan, Simi. The book has friendship in it, but I don't know. Their friendship is kind of weird. Even before the Isabel came to come and scatter the area, their friendship did not feel strong. There were like snide remarks and sarcastic comments. It was just, ugh. And I, I, I guess that's, it, it feels, it might feel sad that, um, that, oh, why are these characters like that? They're messy. This is not real friendship. But there are friendships that like that are like that. So I guess it makes sense for the author to focus on this kind of friendship. Because not all friendships are lovey dovey. Let's not lie. Some some people are carrying their enemies on their back and calling them best friends. So I guess that's it is what it is. Yeah? So these are some of the themes in Wahala. Friendship. It says friendship, but yeah. I mean it's still friendship. It's a kind of friendship. And then there's the betrayal. Um, the betrayal, I think, comes from the fact that the friendship has a very weak foundation. So they were easily able to believe an outside person who they had not known for a while over each other. So I guess that's where the betrayal came from. Yeah, so it deals with betrayal in that way. So if your relationship is not, is not strong... Obviously, another person can just come and scatter it because your house is built on sand, beach sand, by that way, bad beach sand. And then there's colorism, hmm, there's colorism there, here and there, not too heavy. Then there's the fat phobia, oh my god, it's just, yeah, these things are not dealt with, so I don't know if we can call it an issue or a theme, they're not, they're not dealt with, they're just mentioned. 
Do you get? Okay. Now, in Bridges Are For Burning, we have friendship and betrayal. I don't understand the friendship in, in Bridges Are For Burning. It's almost like they are just attaching themselves to each other because they've known each other for that long. And it's not that deep. The friendship is not deep. They're just acting like best friends. So, yeah. And after reading the book, the bridges are for burning only happened. The bridge, the only bridge that was burned was between the supposed two best friends and a woman and her side, side guy. So, like, I don't know, man. Is maybe it's miscommunication between the book, the the marketing blurbs and everything of the book and the content. Bridges are for burning. The only there was only one bridge burned that was actually a serious bridge. The rest are ugh. it wasn't exactly a bridge because she wasn't supposed to be having an affair, no matter how boring a mar- marriage was. So I won't call that a bridge burned. So the only bridge that happened were between two people. So, I don't like the fact that they emphasize three women, three secrets, three lies. Also, the one person who had an affair, if her part was not in the book, it would not have spoiled anything because she didn't add anything to the plot. You know? It was almost like... Her, that that part was almost like... It could have been a short story on its own because it did not affect the two main characters whose bridges were burnt, by the way. You know? They were sisters, but you only saw them once in a while. They didn't really converse. Like, their lives were not intertwined. So, it shouldn't... Left to me, it shouldn't have been three women, three secrets, three lies. It should have just been two women, two secrets, two lies. But I guess three is a nice number or something. I don't know. But yeah, the betrayal, yes. This one has proper betrayal. Also, I mean, their friendship wasn't that great. But aside that, the person stabbed the best friend in the back so yeah that was a betrayal also since before we go back again to the plot because um the secret that was unveiled the way it was written i i don't know it got to there was so much stalling in the unveiling of the secrets that it got when they eventually revealed the secrets what it was i didn't care anymore i honestly like i was like oh okay cool we move you get i had that kind of vibe now because there's so much to talk about let's move to characters the characters all right the character development in both books were very shallow they were (laughs) they're not the most um 3D characters I've encountered. But at least the ones for Wahala, they had a bit more ground. I think there was a bit more layering with them. I mean, it didn't break them to 3D. They were more like 2D characters. So, I would remember the characters in Wahala before I remember the ones in Bridges Are For Burning. Because Bridges Are For Burning, the characters were so unmemorable. My goodness. Alright, <clears throat> so in Wahala, we have Ronke, a Nigerian. I mean, they're all half Nigerians. And we have Boo, and then we have Simi, and then we have Isobel. I think from the way they dress, I could, I could, I could see, the way they're described, I could see the way they dressed, 
I could see the kind of food they would like, the kind of music they would enjoy, decisions that they would make. So yeah, the characters, the character development in Wahala is is decent. It's not bad. I'll remember them. Like if someone prompts me, I'll remember them. But bridges are for burning. We have Alana, we have Gigi, we have Fifi. Those are the three women. And then there are men. There's Moody, there's Benji, there's Lutana, and there's Eddie or Edie. But all the characters were just flat. Like there was no nuance to any of their development. Just they just felt like they were going one way and that's what they always did. They were just shallow. And my god, I hate shallow characters except if they're adding something to the plot. And if and right now they, they didn't do that. They did not add to the plot. Let me drink more of my something. So they didn't add and like my god the characters were so dull and flat it was like by force them trying to act it was like bad acting but is it possible for a, for a, for a character in a book to act badly it just means they are not written well yeah yeah that's yeah that's basically it it's just the, the oh my god there's no character development at all so let's move to the writing style. Ugh. As far as writing goes, <laughs> for Wahala, I don't know. I don't know. The fact that it was engaging, I that means the author she sabi she sabi right. It's just the content and the kind of things here and there that were mentioned that ugh, it was just ugh. So yeah, she knows how to weave a good story because I was engaged. Even though I was annoyed, I was still engaged and I wanted to see the end of what was going to happen. I cared a little bit about getting to the end. Bridges are for burning. I kept reading the book. I would have DNF'd, but I kept reading the book because I wanted to review it on the podcast. That's, if coming from me, that's not a compliment. Okay, the fact that I had to read, it's like I had to finish it for an assignment and nobody likes assignments. Okay. Now, in Bridges Are for Burning, the language is, is pretty simple. The book is easy to get into. It's just that it dangerously toes the line between being simple and simplistic. And another thing that, oh my God, another thing that annoyed me is there are parts in the book where they want to refer to everyday symptoms like um, like the flu or menstrual pain or morning sickness. And instead of using those words, they use like the, the scientific, no, the medical term for it. And I'm like, the book is simple. We've been going well so far. Then you just go and throw, wait, let me even see if I can even find, oh my God, I should have circled this thing. But no, I can't, I can't remember, um, I actually can't remember uh, most of them. But if you've read the book, I think you can relate to what I'm saying. Also, I don't know. There are like too many words of cock in the book. I don't like cock. You just, just put a penis there. <laughs> and it's just... <clears throat> the descriptions, the descriptions the author uses in Bridges Are For Burning really turned me off a lot in so many places like there's a part in the book where 
a male is a, a, a male character is describing a woman and that part felt like it was written by a man because you know male writers are not very working oh, sharp babe. forgive me there are some that are sharp it's just not all of them are sharp <laughs> all right so there's let me just read that part for you so <clears throat> so it's this guy uh and in this part is a man who is disturbing his best friend his wife his wife's best friend and she's saying no <clears throat> so it's like no benji she was shaking her head vigorously now alana is pregnant with your child she's madly in love with you can't you see he could see he could see that whatever it was he said whatever she said they couldn't he could see that whatever it was she said they couldn't do to alana they already did he could see that alana was madly in love with him and he could see also that he was madly in love with her best friend who set a fire ablaze in him that he found himself powerless to put out? She was ever present in his subconscious and the subject of his daydreams. None of it made any sense. He was married to a woman so stunning and accomplished, yet it, yet it was her comparably less stunning, less accomplished friend by whom he was utterly mesmerized. That part was just, was it necessary? Like, was... Was that necessary? I know we're in the POV of a man, but... Also, that's another thing. The book moves, like, two different POVs. It feels like it's third-person narrative, but it's, for some reason, jumping through different POVs without even us knowing when it's jumping. Jigget. And I, it frustrated... Oh, my God. It frustrated me to no point. So, yeah. Um... <laughs> that's it about the writing style. Um, I did not enjoy the writing style in Bridges Are For Burning. It just, there was just, it lacked finesse. I'm not expecting like literary fiction type writing, but it lacked finesse. Ah, oh, for instance, I don't think I can recommend Bridges Are For Burning to anybody in the abroad. It's like, it's, for a debut, it doesn't make me interested to read any other thing the writer has written. Does that make sense? I would still read something from Nikki May. If she stays away from writing about Nigerian British people, if she does that, then we're good because <laughs> she doesn't have a handle on, on those two. So, all right. So now let's move to things that turned me off. So many things. First of all, Wahala, I listened to the audio book and my goodness, the narrator, oh, the narrator, Bochadito. <laughs> The narrator butchered everything that was Nigerian that was mentioned in that book. The narrator butchered it, the pronunciation, I mean. And it was so bad that at some point, it became a joke. I would just laugh it off and continue the story. It's just... And another thing that I didn't like is everything Nigerian that was referenced in the book felt like, like a parody or a caricature or... It was over-romanticized, you know, that kind of vibe. So, I don't think the book, the target audience of the book is not Nigerians living in Nigeria. Because as a Nigerian living in Nigeria, you'd be very, very, very upset. Even Nigerians living outside Nigeria would still be like, oh, 
but we are not the target audience for this book it's 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 clear and that's why i'm i'm upset that a nigerian publisher got the rights to this book because those of us in nigeria will be more annoyed reading this book because it's just while living in it and the person the writer is is writing with an almost nostalgic feeling of nigeria that they have in their head so those of us here it's like especially with the way things are now it's like i beg please it's not that deep like it's just it's just moi moi come fuck down do you get <laughs> i don't know if you understand but, but that's how it felt it was just it was too much to the point that it felt like a caricature of nigeria or nigerian things and then another thing i didn't like was the blatant fat phobia but i get it these things happen it's there i mean fat phobia being in the book doesn't mean that it's not happening in real life so i guess that's like a reflection of life it happens and there was like some police brutality type stuff race this thing i mean these are just stereotypes and for that i was able to allow it because it added to the plot contributed to the plot so i mean even if i don't like it <laughs> i can't like everything in a book so the fact that the book is engaging if they cancelled everything nigerian i think i would have been okay with this book honestly wahala is not that bad it's just as a nigerian living in nigeria it's just cringe do you understand so now let's move to Bridges Apple Burning. Things I didn't like in Bridges Apple Burning. I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> okay. So Bridges Apple Burning. We already mentioned the fact that I did not like the character development is is too weak. Oh my god. I wanted to die. <laughs> also, another thing is <clears throat> You can see that the book is set in Lagos because on the cover they have Lekki Link Bridge and there are some parts where, you know, they mention some Lagos places here and there. But the book still feels abstract, like it's not in Lagos. It's There's no sense of place in it. It just feels like it could have been written in a bubble. Do you get? And personally, that's just me. I, I don't like it when I'm reading a book that is set somewhere that we know. And I can't feel it. So, I didn't like that. Um, I did not like any of the sex scenes. It just makes heterosexual sex just sound. <laughs> I'm going to read one part. You have to listen to this. <laughs> one of the sex scenes. I was like, what? <clears throat> okay. Gently, he began to undress her. Sliding her top over her head. Expertly, hook- expertly unhooking her bra and bringing her full, bouncy breasts undone. He stopped briefly to stare in awe at them, <clears throat> dampening one nipple with a soft kiss and then the other, before continuing to undress her. She slid her animated hands... What the fuck is animated hands? She slid her animated hands under his T-shirt, rapidly sliding it off him. Moody gently eased her off him, then stooped down to bury his face in her wetness. He drove her multiple times to the edge of climax, stopping short each time to save the best for later. What the fuck is the best for later? Is this how heterosexual people are having sex now? My goodness, saving the best for later. Why not just make her calm? That really pissed me off. When he was ready to merge their bodies, he sat back on the chair and eased her on top of him, gently until every inch of him was buried in her 
her soft breasts swung gently up and down against his face in sync with his powerful trust. She did not hold back, pleasing him, stroking him, making him call out her name in agonizing moans. When she felt herself about to come, she closed her eyes tightly, allowing the mounting pleasure to inundate her entire being. Completely zoned out in the insular thrills of passion, she let wave upon wave of paralyzing pleasure wash over her until she was completely engulfed by it, seeing nothing, hearing nothing, only able to feel the sensuous power that had thoroughly overcome her. Watching her yield to him like that with such surrender, instigated frantic accelerated thrusts from him in unison scam unison go together in unison they erupted together in one beautiful curated explosion that had him growling excruciatingly and her completely still the end of the sex scene so yeah that that really see as i was reading that if i was oimbo i'll be blushing and not the blush of like, oh my god, this is cute. It would have been cringe. Like, this is cringe something. Anywho. So yeah, I did not like any of the sex scenes. That was one of the ones that I had to bring up. Also, just the overall shallowness of the characters and the plot itself. It didn't, it didn't offer any nuance. It's just, it was just flat. I know we keep saying that we want um light reads from African writers. But this just... Light read, I would say Wahala. You can read Wahala. But bridges are for burning. I don't know. It's just, it didn't. I don't even have the words anymore. I feel like I've been talking too much. And it's to feel as if I'm bashing. I'm not bashing. It's a, it's a good attempt at a, at a first novel. It just feels like one of those. They should have been. They should have just stayed in the drafts. You know? Should have stayed in the draft. But yeah, that's those are my thoughts about Wahala by Nikki May and Bridges are for Burning by Bina Idoni J. And I will let you decide if you want to read them. So yeah. <laughs> conclusion would i recommend this books to anybody um probably just wahala i i would recommend wahala but not to people in nigeria possibly those outside nigeria if they were looking for a light read i can't call it a nigerian british book it's just <sighs> but did they feel like reading them did they feel like a waste of time no they did not feel like a waste of time because i i learned about things that pisses me off more so i would actively stay away from stuff like this <laughs> and yeah we have come to the end of this episode i hope you enjoyed today's episode if you've read any of these books and you have a different opinion about them you can send them a message and share i'd like to know what you enjoyed about the books okay and you can do that by sending me a message on instagram or twitter at lip gloss mafia my lip gloss mafia has two f's Subscribe now so you don't miss out on the next episode, which is available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other streaming platforms. If you generally enjoy the show, kindly spread the book love by spreading the word. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, rate and leave a review. It really helps new listeners find the show. And you know, shares and reviews are my love language. 
thanks in advance. I appreciate it. And then I appreciate you for listening. Readers, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And like Jim Ron said, reading is essential for those who rise. <laughs> I'm going to take it again. Reading is essential for those who seek to rise above the ordinary. Happy reading, everyone. Bye.